when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Welcome to Raptors Over Everything Podcast. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm joined on this week's episode by Big V. What's going on? What's good? Um, so we're going to talk Raptors on this episode, but I think uh, we should take some time, especially now when it's super dead, to talk about the upcoming FIBA World Cup uh, and how Team Canada will fare. Maybe we touch a little bit on Spain and also Team USA because there's some, I guess, tangentially related topics there. But uh, let's, at least for the first half of the episode let's talk a little bit about Canada basketball um first off I think everyone is a little bit depressed about this team mostly because there's been so many absences I mean you look at it I think we've been trying for many years to talk ourselves into the idea that eventually one day there will be a team Canada that has basically all NBA players uh and usually what we get is Corey Joseph and Kelly Olenek and this time around we might not even get Corey Joseph and Kelly Olenek. Olenek is definitely out with a knee injury. So let's just talk about the roster and how they got here first and foremost. Yeah, and I mean, we were just talking about this, but the roster at this point is kind of going to select itself because of the injuries and because of all the guys that have opted out. You would have thought when the initial uh, list of guys was put out, the 29 guys, that Nick Nurse was going to have some really difficult decisions to make. But then once it was trimmed to 19, and it was pretty much all the NBA guys that opted out, and then you learned that the 19 was actually 17 because R.J. Barrett and Jamal Murray were just there for camp. And then 17 becomes 15 because Kelly Olenek gets injured, uh, and Chris Boucher uh, opts out for personal reasons. So you're really just making three cuts. Uh, Got to focus on the G League season, man. <laughs> Got to focus. <laughs> so... Yeah, now you're down to just, you know, making those final three cuts and uh, 
we we don't know what O'Shea Brissett's status is, and he's you know Nick Nurse didn't seem uh, too optimistic about his chances of being able to recover from uh, whatever happened in his room. Apparently, he was in his hotel. As Nick Nurse explained, apparently he was in his hotel room and his knee started swelling up, and they got the swelling down a little bit, but I don't know. Yeah, how how do you hurt your knee in a Sydney hotel room? I don't know if I want to know the answer, Will. Yeah, you, you know what? That's a good point. That's a good point. Let's just skip over the fact and take it as face value. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, at, at this point, you, you're pretty much just going with, you know, the survival of the fittest, the, guy, the guys who have just, you know, been able to hang around this uh, this long. And, you know, I think it is a little bit frustrating when I try and watch those other friendlies that are going on and, you brought up Spain before, and you see Marcus Ol out there. Uh, you see Ricky Rubio out there. You you put on a Greece friendly, and you see Giannis. Uh, you know if there's anyone uh, that's had a long run and deserves a break this summer, it's probably the guy that won MVP uh, and went fairly deep into the postseason before getting swept. Before getting swept, it's, it's, it's important. It's important it's to know just, that yeah. Giannis was swept context details that that's what you come here for so <laughs> yeah um no you're right man you're right I, I don't think this is the same culture um around the team in canada as there as there is in other countries so you see like lithuania is always one example that kept my eye on because i would always watch like whether it was the world cup or Eurobasket. i would always watch for jv because he was on the team for so long and yeah. like Every single year, JV went. And I, I think a lot of times, maybe the team didn't necessarily want JV to go because it's like, yo, maybe take that summer. Maybe, like, you know, do whatever you need with training. But maybe you sort of just lessen the load. And basically, JV is like, look, man, I'm going to go represent my country. It's a yeah. big thing. And, like, I don't want to judge necessarily uh, a level of patriotism or whatever because, like, I think that, that all that stuff is just like – we're talking about a basketball game. It's not that serious. Um, as long as they're paying their taxes and abiding their laws, they're, they're free to do whatever the hell they want. But, like um, – you know, realistically, it is just disappointing that same kind of uh, dedication doesn't necessarily exist around Team Canada. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, why do you think that is, first and foremost? Like, do you think um, do you think it's sort of a lack of tradition in the sense that Canada hasn't had any great moments to sort of establish that tradition? Or do you think it's sort of something else? It's a player-specific thing. I honestly... Uh don't know what the right answer to that is you know in some ways i look at it and you know team usa is almost like that kid those kids in school that are super smart that know that they can do whatever and still come out with straight a's right so they can have guys opt out and the other guys will play and they've still got a full roster of nba guys and they'll probably win the tournament um canada can't do that nope and so that's i think the thing that um, maybe they need to understand, like they can't, you know, they can't be feeling themselves to the point where they're looking at USA and it's like, oh, they can do that, we can do that too. It's like, no, you really can't. Um, and so I think at some point, pride has to kick in in terms of wanting to do something special mm-hmm. uh, for Canada. Um, obviously, you know, we've talked about how if you actually look at uh the way the FIBA weighting system works mm-hmm. the FIBA World Cup is weighted heavier than the Olympics so it's actually the biggest tournament in basketball right um now USA doesn't view that way they just value the Olympics more uh and so for these uh, you know Canadian NBAers they might view it the same as well that where they'd rather be uh 
uh, a part of the Olympics. But hey, you got to put in the work to get there. Right, right. Now, I think what's going to be interesting is to see if Canada can get into uh, that cla- that that sort of next sixteen because um, seven automatically qualify uh, from the FIBA World Cup for the Olympics, and then the next six next sixteen best teams. Uh, go in, into another tournament right this uh, is not their last chance exactly this is their probably their best chance yes because uh, they got to um, finish top two as an america's team which is both north and south america right which is very confusing first off yeah but i mean okay that's the criteria but that you as you mentioned like there is another chance yeah so there is so then if they can make it into that bracket then they'll go into the tournament uh that gets played in june right before the olympics so I think that's going to be interesting to see. You know, I'd, I'd be surprised if someone like Jamal Murray played that just because you expect Denver to have a deep playoff run and it's probably just going to be too soon. Right. Um, but say someone like O'Shea Gilgis-Alexander who will be with OKC and probably won't make the playoffs. Um, maybe a Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Those type of guys, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the decision is that they make then. Because the, the big thing right now is essentially you're asking them to commit two summers, right? play yeah. this this world cup then go have the nba season then come back for the olympics again whereas you know next season you can kind of put it as you're just committing the one summer so right. why not right you're just going hard um and so i think in terms of uh judgment i will reserve my judgment based on who shows up for that tournament if they if if they if these guys can get them to that tournament um and then that's maybe where you can sort of evaluate better, you know, how much this really means to them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of the things when we look at the team, and we'll we'll look at the team in depth in terms of like strength and weaknesses and stuff. But I think we look at the program as well. It's just like, you know, I, I for me, I think it's it, it might take one central figure to sort of sort of change the rhetoric around the team, right? And I think. You know, if you're a, an American player and you're playing basketball at a high level, you can think of yourself as like, man, remember when, you know, Kobe took over for that 2008 team yeah. or Dwayne Wade took over for that 2008 team or like LeBron or whoever in that redeem team. And, you know, maybe even going back even further, you know, what Michael Jordan, you know, Charles Barkley and all those guys did. Larry the Bird. legacy of the dream team. Yeah, there's, there is a fixed example of where people can aspire to and sort of what can be achieved from it. And I think that's where a lot of players are, you know, that's the moment that's inspiring them to go play. Right. And it's the same in other countries too. Like I'm sure if you're a Spanish player on the come up, you're probably like, damn, I remember that Marcus all Pau Gasol team, Rudy Fernandez, Juan Hollis, you know, Carlos Navarro, you know, Ricky Rubio as an 18 year old, you know, showing out in 2008 in Beijing as well. So like there are examples, even Brazil with like Oscar Schmidt or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he has, I think, the single record for most points most scored points, yeah. um, in the Olympics. I think maybe Melo eventually broke that. I'm not sure, but and regardless, like there we, are, we know, we know, Luis Scola has the record for mo- uh, total points. Oh, Luis! I'm sure is Luis playing this year? <laughs> probably, honestly, he probably, probably is playing. He's, yeah. he's got nothing yeah. else to do. A 40 yeah. year old. But I think to your point, um, I think that's where this is potentially an opportunity lost. To right. create that legacy. Well, someone has to step up and actually do it. Yeah. And when, no one has when, done it yet. Because, like, even when Steve Nash played, like, 2000 in Sydney Olympics, like, nobody remembers any moments from that. I think Canada finished, like, 7 out of 12. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just not as memorable as, like, Sabonis with, you know, mm-hmm. with the win- and, you know, I guess at the time was USSR. I'm not really sure. but Right. Yeah. And, you know, so when you look at all the guys that have dropped out for Team USA, 
I genuinely believe that if all the big Canadian names had shown up, they would have had a shot at meddling, a, sh- a shot at the gold as well. Yeah. And so I think that's a lost opportunity to create that legacy. Yep. Which, you know, now no, it's just going to be a big what if. Yeah, definitely. Um, as for the players themselves, so I, I don't want to rule them out just yet because I, I do think that they have some potential. I think based on the talent on the roster, I mean, the only NBA guy that's there for sure right now is Ken Birch. Corey Joseph is supposed to join them. There still seems to be some question whether or not he's going to finally get on a plane and go to China and adjust to the time difference and things like that. You seem a little more skeptical. Um, I'm going to maybe point to Nick Nurse's history there and, and say maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But, like, okay, at maximum two Canadian players. And one is Corey Joseph, who's a, who's a bench guy. Yeah. Solid player, but a bench guy. And Ken Birch, who's, again, a solid player, but a bench guy. Yeah. Um, so the talent is not necessarily great. But from what we've seen in the exhibition series where they played two games against Nigeria, they split those. Two games against Australia, they split those. The one the, the one game they won, they looked great. They beat them by 20 points in mm-hmm. Australia. Very impressive, considering the fact that Australia later went on to beat the USA. And then Canada played two games against New Zealand, beat them both times. First game, not even close. They beat them like 40. Second game, needed overtime, but they still won. And then they lost to Team USA in what I would describe as sort of um, disheartening it was the performance because they got a little bit uh, nervous. You could tell that a lot of players were like, "Oh my god, how am I going to get a shot off against yeah, you know, yeah, an actual athlete?" Um, I think that was the big thing, right? Like right off the bat, you could see USA can just switch and everything. use their athleticism so effectively, yeah. unlike any other team. And all of a sudden, Canada was like, "Oh, we haven't gone up against anything like this before." I mean, realistically, it's like guys like you need guys like Kevin Pangos to do really well. And for people who don't know who Kevin Pangos is, he's kind of like six foot two, mm-hmm. doesn't really jump much. Pretty decent ball handler, can, can shoot a little bit. Actually, he's not pretty crafty in terms of finishing and also mid range. But like, it's it's hard for him to get a shot off. Yeah, and you you saw in that game against the USA. I mean, Pangos was kind of invisible. And mm-hmm. the times that where he was trying to force offense, he was just like jacking up crazy pull-up shots. Justin hopes of not getting a shot block and getting a shot off. So that's where we're kind of dealing with. But, you know, I still come back to this idea that like, look, obviously USA is, is the top team in the tournament, even with this reduced um, shell of what they're putting out there right now. But I still think Canada can be competitive. I, I look at the team and you know, based on the talent, I think they're already overperforming the talent. At least that's what I saw in preseason. I agree with that, yep. for sure. Um, and I think that's that's part of why we want to see that that game against Australia, that big that big game that's going to sort of dictate how the rest of their tournament goes. And, you know, I still think uh, winning a medal is going to be a little bit beyond them. But in terms of those classification rounds, you know, it, it, I think they have an outside slim chance at making the quarters. And I think once you once you get to those knockout rounds, you know, anything can happen on the day. And, w- and that's kind of been how Canada's performances have gone, right? When the three's falling, they look great. When it's not, you know, they look like anyone can beat them. Yeah. So um, that variance um, with the three-point shot it, it basically takes them to their ceiling when they're making it consistently enough. And so, again, when they are making it, they they can be competitive. They can p- potentially pull off a, an upset against uh, Australia, pull off a, an upset against Lithuania, and then you know go into the further rounds. Yeah, and I think depending on the matchup, they can kind of win the athleticism battle against a lot of teams. I think 
against Australia, they were smaller and definitely less physical, but like in terms of their quickness and sort of the the burst and like people are getting by their man and, and getting decent looks. And if you can do that, like if you can have that base level of physicality, um, that is a huge advantage. And I think Canada does have uh, above average athleticism, for, uh, you know, as compared to sort of the rest of the tournament. Um, I think in those games where they can be athletic, I think that's can where they can really excel because. Uh, a lot of the game that they play is the same style that I mean. Basically, the way I would describe how they play offense is like twenty eighteen Raptors bench mob hmm. of like a lot of ball movement, a lot of side to side action, classic Nick Nurse offense. Yeah. Two point guards on the floor, guy diving to the rim, and yeah. a couple of guys in between that can make shots or sort of you know just make plays in between. Pretty good passing. Um, I, I I like the style and the pace and the shots that they get, mostly at the rim and also three point shots. So they're they're doing well. Um, but it just becomes a matter of, I think, it comes back to talent in a, in a sense because, like, you know, it's one thing to sort of run a system-based offense and a lot, against a lot of teams you can do it. But when teams like the USA can switch, yeah. and I think to a lesser degree, um, Nigeria was able to do the same thing in the two exhibition games in Toronto and Winnipeg, uh, that's where shot creation becomes a real issue. And I think that's where you miss a guy like, you know, Andrew Wiggins, where you miss Jamal Murray, you miss Shea, you know, you even miss Kelly Olenek because he can also kind of create a little bit. Like, nobody's creating on this team. Like, when USA started switching against Canada, like, Canada's offense died entirely. You you had Kyle Wilcher taking, uh, you know, step backs off the dribble. Yeah, that's the only reason they didn't lose by 30 was because Wilcher started making some ridiculous shots. Yeah. You know, so. so. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. And this is what Nick Nurse talked about right at training camp, right? We're going to need the system to create a lot of our offense because we don't necessarily have a go-to scorer. We don't have uh, that number one scoring options per, uh, per se. So, um, you know, again, when you talk about the side-to-side action, when you talk about uh, Pangos up top and potentially Corey Joseph, who, who, the main reason they're running those dribble handoffs is because uh, they're trying to use those screens to create some kind of separation, some kind of runway because they can't really do it off the bounce. Yeah, and maybe Corey can do a little bit of that off the bounce, but yeah. it's Corey Joseph. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's not going to score thirty. <laughs> exactly. So again, you know, the offense is is the thing that's uh, going to vary from game to game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know. I think we've seen enough. Uh, to know that the defense can be consistently good right. uh, throughout the tournament for as, as long as they remain in it. Yeah. And I think this is where Nick Nurse doesn't get enough credit in terms of just like, obviously, offensively, he's sort of proven what he can do. But I think defensively, like, he's really creative. Like, literally, this man's sick. Man, he, he pulled out a box of one in the last possession before halftime against Nigeria, a box of one against Ben Uzo. You know what I mean? Like, this is kind of, like, just shameful behavior almost. But also, just kind of, like, a flex to be like, hey, this is what I got in my back pocket. And, you know, we're seeing the same stuff that we saw him do with the Raptors, right? Like, 2-3 zone, switching, you know, uh, just man-to-man, maybe even, like, I don't know. Nick Nurse tries some stuff is what I'm trying to say. And I think what he has right now is a lot of buy-in from the guys. But, like, I think there's also, you know, similar to the point of the offensive talent, there's also a limit to the defensive talent of this team because you would never just, like, intentionally put together a roster like this where you have basically, what, six point guards? Like you got- so we've got – so if if Corey Joseph is there, yeah, you've got Corey Joseph, yeah. you've got uh, Kevin Pangos, you've got Phil Scrub, mm-hmm. effectively a point guard, you've got Andrew Nembard, you've got Keza Kajami Keen, yeah. you've got – Brady Heslip. Yeah. That's your six? 
and like I don't even know does Dwayne Otis make the team? He's no. not really a point guard. He, he, I mean, and he doesn't really feature it at all. So yeah, but uh, that's still six guys. Yeah, like Heslip is more of a shooting guard, but yeah. he's also going to handle the ball a lot. Yeah, that's six guys, right? But like that's six guys who, with the exception of Nemhard, oh, and Aaron Best as well. So that really is seven. Yeah. Bess is kind of played as an off guard and sort yeah. of like almost as a three sometimes because he's actually yeah. one of the more athletic guys. But yeah, he, and that's the thing—he can defend those bigger position, pos, uh, positions pretty well. But I mean, at a certain point, when you have more than half your roster are guards, it, that's the thing, tough. right? It's, you, it's you've got really all tough. these guards, um, and, no and then you've got you, you've got really—I mean, you don't really have bigs and you don't really have wing depth either because you—it's you, just you know you've got uh, Melvin Edgem and. Uh, Thomas Scrub are yeah. going to be there, um, but you—that's why you really need, and and I think this makes the point. You mm-hmm. really need O'Shea Brissett to be healthy, yeah, and to make this roster. Uh, so, and not even because he's necessarily that well-rounded of a player right now. It's just like you need his hustle, his athleticism, his energy. He gives them an element that they need, rebounding that they don't get from anyone else. Yeah. And that's an issue, too, because, again... Well, I guess Edgem gives, uh, like, a more polished version of it. Right. But you want, like, a full 40 minutes of it. And you can't expect uh, Melvin to, like, be great every single night. He's just not really that great of a player um, on that level, at least. But And that's where, like, it's really tough because if you look at the front court, too, like, I mean, their options in the center are, like, uh, Ken Birch, who's solid. Mm -hmm. Solid, like, just, you know, rim-running, chop-blocking big. But, I mean, you know... Not necessarily an exceptional player. And then after that, it's they had to bring in a guy in Owen Klassen who yep. was not initially named to camp, but after Boucher pulled out and Owen got hurt. You know, you brought in Klassen and he's, I mean, so, okay, it's not fair to judge a player against the USA because Klassen has actually played pretty decently against other teams in yeah. the tournament. However, against the USA, the man had five fouls in six minutes yeah. and shot one of four from the field and very much reminded me of how I play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it, hey, man, it's it, you, you got to get yourself on the box score. You, you don't, yeah, he you, did that. You, you don't want Sam Mitchell coming after you with a zero, 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 zero. You know what I mean? I'm waiting for Nick Nurse to have like a great, uh, a great speech. <laughs> I don't want him to be Sam Mitchell. I think he's a much better coach than Sam, but like – yeah, as an orator, I don't know. What's what's Nick Nurse's big line so far? Is it just like quoting Kawhi? When he's like, was it wasn't even him that wrote uh, "Let It Rip," right? No, it was Adrian Griffin, I think. Yeah, and so yeah, he ke- he keeps giving us the info, mm-hmm. but yeah, we we're gonna need Nick to experimenting. That was that's Nick Nurse's term. Yeah, always experimenting. You lose, well, I was experimenting. You win, well, that's because I was experimenting. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great phrase. Um, but in any case, I think yeah, the talent in the front court is a little bit. Uh, they're really thin, and so I think it's gonna. And they're pretty small guards, so like I just think defensively, the talent might not necessarily be there, but. I mean, overall, I think, honestly, like, I know that's how ridiculous this sounds, but the one thing that does make me optimistic about this team is the fact that they're led by Nick. I think Nick has done a really good job with them so far, and I'm pretty confident that Nick is a guy who can sort of just, like, not, like, turn shit into gold, because I don't want to call this team shit and disrespect them by any means, but I just mean, like, he can get the most out of an otherwise situation where you might look at it as more bleak yeah and that's just what nick nurse has done for his entire career so i'm pretty happy for canada that they were able to land him for the job yeah i think 
effectively, this roster has to swing for the fences every game. Yep. Um, you know, what does that look like? If shoot a lot of threes and give a lot of different looks defensively, because again, as you pointed out, um, in terms of uh, the physical prototypes that they have on their roster, um, if you just try to play one way, teams like Australia, Lithuania, they'll tear you apart. So I think, you know, sort of mixing and matching over the course of the 40 minutes is going to be critical. And uh, I think just trying to um, maximize what he can get out of every guy at every position at every position is something that I think he's become renowned for. Mm-hmm. If you, if you can do that in one season, um, and that that's pretty much going to dictate how Canada fares uh, at this tournament. Yeah, I mean that's that's basic about it. And you know uh, we kind of skirted around this earlier, but they got to win that first game against Australia because yeah. if they're going to make it out of the group stage, so they're in a pretty tough group in the sense that there's three teams that I think in another group Canada would probably advance out of the first you know group stage. Yeah. But this one is a little bit tough because Lithuania is there. Lithuania is a really good team. And I mm-hmm. think just in terms of matchups, they got seven footers everywhere. It's a well, very tall country. Their their starting front court is going to be JV and Sabonis. Sabonis. Yeah, that's going to be a handful to deal with. Yeah, and the Canada is going to be throwing out Thomas Grubb and um, Ken Birch. Yep. So uh, that's that's really tough. I just think matchup wise, that one's going to be almost just physically just too hard to deal with. Um, but then and, and then you got Australia who like beat team usa uh, mm-hmm. so uh, they got to beat one of those two teams and i think i think you and i both agree that australia is probably the best bet to do it but that's the first game of the tournament yeah um and yeah they got to win that because they got to pull up an upset against one of these two teams in order to advance past the group stage and that's assuming the fact that they just take care of business against senegal which i'm not totally sure this team will always take care of business yeah th- there's no guarantee there yeah so there's that. And then once again, to the next round, it's not as bad. So basically the top two teams from uh, their group will play the top two teams from another group. And, uh, you know, France is probably going to win the other group that they're going to match up with. But mm-hmm. it's not really sh- not really sure who the other guy's going to be. It's probably going to be like Dominican Republic or something. And yeah, it's either – it's most likely going to be either Dominican Re- Republic or Germany. Yeah. So, And Germany's got some decent guys. I think Schroeder's playing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Tice. So <laughs> – so I mean, realistically, it, you, you got to make it out of the group stage to make the real group stage. Yep. Right. So Canada wins. Say they win two out of three. Right. They pull off the upset against Australia and they take care of business against Senegal. Um. Then you know, say they advance with Lithuania, who will have two wins themselves. You know, again, now you 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 get into a difficult situation uh, with. France and potentially Dominican Republic mm-hmm. where now you're trying to be the top two in that. So, yeah. uh, so again, you know, outside shot at the quarters. Um, but it all starts with that game one against Australia. Yeah. And if they make it to the quarters, I'm beyond thrilled. Oh, that would be an incredible achievement. I, I, I think just making out of this first group stage would be, uh, a notable achievement. Right. Cause Australia is very, very good. Yeah. All right, so there you go. That's your s- pretty depressing preview of Canada basketball. I mean, it's unfortunate they're in the situation. I think they should be in a better situation, but these are the guys that I got. We got to wake up at 3.30 a.m. Yep. on a long weekend to cover this game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's not, it's, not, 
it's not great. The whole tournament itself, they could have probably, um, I don't know, maybe scheduled it a bit differently. I mean, it's tough because they're in China, so it's like 12 hours of time difference. But I don't know. It's it's a uh, not it's, ideal. It's not ideal for sure. But for the second half of the podcast, uh, we're going to talk more Raptors. So I asked for Twitter questions because it is dead. It is dead out there. There's no Raptors news. Jeremy Lin signed with Beijing. Um, Pascal is back in the, in the U.S. working with Rico Hines. I don't know. There are some gl- uh, brief glimpses of OG working out with David Nurse, who I think is cousin of yeah. uh, Nick Nurse, who is a shooting coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there is no actual Raptor news out there. So let's uh, take some Twitter questions. The first one comes from Assad, who says, why won't you bring on Assad to slander all 29 teams? It's a good point. I mean, yeah, why not? If Kawhi had re-signed, every podcast in the summer would have been a slander pod. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean... Now I feel com- somewhat humbled. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... It's kind of crazy that the Bucks may have got a little worse, but they're still the, the hands down the best team in the East now. Wild. And, yeah, Philly's Philly's going to be Philly. Yeah. We'll see. Do you see Chris Middleton in that Team USA game against Canada? 0-8 from the field. Three turnovers. Zero points. Chris Middleton is who who we thought he was. I mean, Chris Middleton is averaging in the preseason for USA four points a game. I mean... Four points a game. This is not a team that has so much talent. Like Harrison Barnes plays over him. Like Jason Tatum plays over him. It's a pretty sad situation. It's it's not ideal, man. Derek White kind of gets some minutes. I mean, oof, four points. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's too bad. Uh, uh, the slander pod, it, but we'll we'll have plenty of opportunities next season. In the slander but you know, teams. it's funny we we talk about you know guys being willing to step outside their comfort zone and take on a little more and maybe be more and learn and figure more out about themselves. And I think. You know, while Middleton is a very respectable player, um, all-star last year, mm-hmm. you know, you almost kind of want to see him have that sort of swag about him where it's like, I can be more, I can yeah. be more. You know, He does I mean? have very negative swag. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Last name Middleton, I'm not expecting too much. Oh, man. There we go. <laughs> there's, there's, there's some there's some Bucks liner for you. Next one from my guy, Sasha. Norm Powell said to turn up all summer, so are you turning up all summer? You're turning up all summer. I mean, yeah. Raps won the championship. Yep. Went to Wimbledon. Yep. Went to the Cricket World Cup. Yep. Came back here. Won a, won a soccer chip. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Won just a chip. Did, yeah. Just did that this last weekend. Um, <clears throat> in a few weeks, I'll, I'll head to uh, Calgary. My, my cousin's been bugging me for a minute. Like he's been in, he's been in Calgary for years and he's like yo yeah. you gotta come you gotta come you gotta come okay and he he plans on moving in the next month or two so I was like man I better go now <laughs> before it's too late so um, yeah he can get that done this summer too uh, and then before you know it we'll be back at uh, media day yep September twenty eighth baby can't wait for all that content to roll in because right now I'm done media, um, media day without Kawhi and Danny it's gonna be yeah. There ain't no, there's it's no, be no different. laughing, no not knowing where Doug Smith is sitting at. Yo, if, if Masai walks or comes in with, with Stanley Johnson and Rondell Jefferson. <laughs> the same format. <laughs> Masai sitting in the middle. 
And then Masai gives a speech. Look. The, the narrative is over. The narrative is over. Players want to sign in Toronto. I brought Stanley <laughs> and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson here. Um, wow. Yeah. That's uh, – yeah, I mean, in terms of turning up all summer, I mean, I mean, let's be real. Liverpool won the Champions League, you know, six times. Yep. Uh, the Raptors won the title. Um, smoked a cigar in Oakland. Went on vacation uh, to Portland. Going to go take a – quick weekend long weekend type of thing in Halifax off the flight deal score FC won finally finally won a title for the first hey. time in a very very long time there you go shout out John Luca for the game winning pen and uh yeah I mean yeah I mean it's been a great summer man I mean you know uh, oh one I, thing one, one thing I want to add summer. uh second half on my vacay when I went to Edinburgh mm-hmm. uh I was wearing the Gotham shirt and I went into this bar and the dude uh, who was working at the bar all of a sudden just sends me a shot and he's like I used to live in Toronto oh shit and I watched the entire Raptors run I love the Raptors wow global team baby and then he was telling me I mean I didn't end up finding it mm-hmm. but he was like there's some train station where someone uh, graffitied uh, We the North oh nice nice and I was like man I wish I could find it but wow I didn't really know the area he was talking about, so I was like, all right, I'll take your word for it. But global team, baby. Yo, a, a true global team. You know, you got uh, Jeremy Lin from Taiwan, and you got Bobby Webster from Hawaii. <laughs> Honestly, when Nick won, when, uh, the championship summer was really, the highlight more than anything else was, was watching Masai on there for an hour and just talk. That was and amazing. And not the, brag, but just like sort of soak in the moment. Yeah. I think as he kept talking, like he builds energy. He's very much a person that... I mean, he's bringing energy regardless, but, like, he really builds an energy. And when he started saying shit like, yo, what, like, United or Liverpool, we're the new Reds. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. All right. And then he, like, the trophy gets brought and then in. And the last five showed up. The five minutes. And then he's just sitting there with the trophy. And the woman asked him, like, you know, like, hey, uh, I don't know, but this might be the first time the trophy goes to uh, to Africa. And he's like, you know what? That's a great question. And he talked about how proud he was to sort of bring it home to the continent and just, yeah. you know. Um, you know, as an example of what he, you know, and other people like Pascal and, and Serge have accomplished, I guess OG as well, what he called uh, Giannis Nigerian, which, yep. you know, I don't think he was trying to invalidate the fact that he's Greek, but like, you know, it's no. just a reminder that he's both. Um, exactly. And, you know, and that, and that he's coming for him in 2021. Yeah. Listen, when, uh, yeah, he turns, yeah, it's coming, baby. It's coming. <laughs> Masai, please perfect the recipes. Um, so yeah, it's been a great summer. It's been a great summer. Uh, I'm kind of waiting um, for media day as well, just from a content perspective. But a lot of good things have happened this summer. Um, next one from Harry: Can OG jump into the most improved conversations if he comes into the season with a much improved handle and footwork? My question is: How do you improve footwork? Like, do you play DDR for hours? <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Like, how do you improve footwork? I'm curious. I, I would mean, like to improve my footwork. I think he's just got to uh, look at working on a couple of individual moves. Okay. Because right? I think realistically when you look at him, you know, the ball swings to him. And then if he's open, he he can get the shot up. But uh, if if someone closes out hard on him, he can take those couple dribbles and finish. Um, but when guys are able to maintain good position, that's when, you know, he sort of just gets it back to the point guard or, or whoever um and he's sort of in role player mode right and so if 
if the Raptors are going to get to their ceiling and he's going to take another step, I think that's the key for him. Having those uh, a couple of go-to moves uh, where the defense is set uh, that he can count on to score, uh, score consistently. Um, seeking out opportunities uh, when he's got a smaller guy on him. And, you know, we talk about footwork. Maybe that's that's what it is. Learning a couple moves in the post. Get a smaller guy on you. You know, we, we know how strong he is. Um, and just work on a couple of post moves. I mean, I know everyone wants to talk about how the post and the mid-range is dead. But you can still be effective in making the defense work and even if it's not a shot for you um the attention you you command can create opportunities for others so you know if you show that you can score from there a little bit then you know it's all about commanding that respect it's all about creating some level of gravity right Mm. um and i think that's the next step for him yeah Uh, i think most improved is probably a little too aggressive yeah uh, just you know, it's just tough. I don't think we can expect everyone to be most improved just because Pascal did it. Um, but I mean, I think it's really just refining the skills that he already has. It's crazy how the belief has changed in the city, man. Oh, listen, championship mentality. From, yeah, definitely. I'm like, yo, Stanley. <laughs> Stanley was a was a lottery pick. You know, I'm just I talk to myself yeah. about that all the time. I'm like, maybe it's he like, does this, maybe he does that. Matt Thomas is gonna shoot 99. percent You know, like. Yeah. I can't really do it with campaign. I'm sorry. I can't I can't get there with campaign. Matt Matt's gonna shoot ninety nine percent. Yeah. In the G League. Yeah. Definitely. Only in the G League. <laughs> um But yeah, I, I think OG just needs to refine honestly what he does well, establish that base of like I'm a three and D guy and then once you have that skill set locked down, like just expand the game, you mm-hmm. know. But you have to have something like to stand on. I think one of the issues with a guy like Stanley was sort of like it was difficult for the Pistons to get him to sort of um, excel and sort of take to a role. And I think when you try to develop everything at once, um, you kind of have a lot of nothing. And I want OG to sort of focus a lot on, you know, sh- making open threes, having the gravity, as you mentioned, and, like, defending. And if you can do all that, you'll get minutes. And then, then you can slowly expand and add more things. But I, I think fundamentally, well, things like footwork and, and handle, like, it, there's only so much you can improve some of those things. You know what I mean? Can't expect him to come in and, like, all of a sudden he's dribbling like Kyrie Irving. Like, it's just... Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, right? Like, I think a more realistic version of development is probably what DeMar DeRozan did mm. season after season and just picking an aspect of his game and growing in that area. Mm-hmm. Like, what what Pascal did is kind of unheard of. It, yeah. It, it, he, what he did over the summer and what he did over the course of the 2018-19 season is an exception to the rule. So I, yeah. I don't think it's fair on uh, OG or any of uh, the other guys who have been in complementary roles uh, to suddenly expect them to just take that leap because they're with the Raptors organization. Mm. Uh, next one from uh, either Evie or Ivy. I never really asked. But uh, can we explain Cactus Club? So it seems like Cactus Club is Heavy? a team, maybe? I think so. All right. Well, um, apologize for that. But uh, apologies for that. But I mean, so Kawhi loves Cactus Club. I think this is probably the origin of the question. He was spotted twice at Cactus Club, once during the free agency process, and then after, came back to Toronto. And then I think he went to the one at like Sherway. Yeah. Uh, which, shout out Etobicoke one time. Shout out Sherway Mall, the gem of Etobicoke. 
<laughs> Undoubtedly, I think there's not even that much competition. Either that one or the East Side Mario's across the street, which is not great. Um, but in any case, um, Cactus Club, what's the appeal? Have you been? Do you so, like it? So that's the thing. I can't even comment because I haven't been yet. Yeah, me neither. I wouldn't go to Cactus Club. There's a lot of good restaurants in Toronto. There's a lot of good restaurants in Toronto. And then obviously I spent a couple of days, uh, at least one day a week in Mississauga because mm-hmm. I go there for soccer. And a lot of good places to eat there too, man. There's nothing better than Hakka and Mississauga, so. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, I got nothing on Cactus Club. I'm looking at pictures right now. It looks kind of fancy. Like, have you been inside 11? Yes. It's kind of like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, you know but what? But a lot of players go there, right? Like, I, I even hear, yeah. like, a lot a lot of, like, the visiting uh, baseball players go to Cactus Club, too. Word. Maybe it's just a thing. I think it's sort of, like, uh the NBA and professional sports in general is a fraternity. And like, once you sort of crack that, like yeah. then people know to go to that place. But before hmm. that, it's not established. Um, it sounds like an Alex column in the making. Yeah, maybe. Cause you know what it is? I, I saw a video from, I think eater a couple years ago where it was sort of tackling why NBA players love cheesecake factory so much. Huh? And a lot of it was just like, they had different reasons, but it was like the portion sizes are big. It's consistent from place to place. And, you know, they know they can go there for this, this, and this. And mm. if you're, you know, traveling all the time and you're not actually in a lot of – you're not set in the city to sort of go out and explore and sort of, you know, potentially have, you know, uh, misfirings and stuff like that, you want something right. consistent and maybe that's the same appeal for Cactus Club. I don't know. I don't know. I hope it's better than Cheesecake Factory at least because Cheesecake is not that good. But Nope. Um, not worth the lines anyway. Yeah, Definitely. Um, next question. Keyshawn, get me on the pod one time. You were on the pod, man. <laughs> you were on the pod, but I think... He, uh, he, was, he was on the All-Star pod, wasn't he? He was on the All-Star Raptors Championship Hangout, which I had like 14 people on. If you haven't listened, go back. If you have three hours, go back and listen to it. Um, really the good times. I think, uh, I think yeah, Keyshawn should definitely come on you know, yeah. at some point. Just because, like, this man's a clout demon. Mm-hmm. If not only just talk Raptors and, and fo- you know, photography and everything we saw in the finals, stuff like that, just to talk about, you know, everything that he's in right now. Because, you know, you never know where Keyshawn's going to pop up next. The hottest 22-year-old in the city right now. You know, he's teaching courses. He's doing workshops. He's doing giveaways. OVO Fest. You know what I mean? Keyshawn, really out here. The breakouts are the uh, of the... Uh, of the championship run for sure for sure yeah next one from Artie. can we talk about how everyone how hot everyone looked at patrick patterson's wedding so norm powell was there delon was there kyle was there patrick patterson was there terrence ross was there uh paul george was there and the wedding was in toronto because i think patrick patterson married someone in toronto okay um but uh but yeah, I mean, for the most part, like I think they all look great. They, they all look great, man. It's it's kind of nice because there's a couple of other pictures. I don't want to say at what club, but there are pictures of like the same group of people minus Kyle Lowry at you know various clubs in Toronto while they were all teammates. And like to see that, which was like three, four years ago, to where it is now, it's just nice to see them all grown up. Which is mm-hmm. kind of what Kyle and Demar talked about in the comments was just like you know what you know we raised these guys. Um, you know, we were their vets and, you know, they've grown up and oh, Norm Powell was also there as well. I like Kyle's, uh, bow tie game. Kyle's bow tie game. Yeah. It works. Yeah. 
the long wearing sneakers i think was a choice that he made for himself yeah especially when you look at everyone else's shoe game mm-hmm. his like kind of stand up Kyle's shoes norm's rocking some hot shoes I love how bow-legged Norm's legs look in that photo. Yeah, just like, really accentuates the fact that the man's uh, working with two brackets. I was trying to look at the shoes, but I was like, wait, what's going on with these legs? Um, Terrence is looking good, too. Yeah, I'm really happy for Terrence. I think he's um, I think I feel like he's really I, think, I think the problem for me when I look at DeLon is every time I look at him in a suit now, yeah. I just picture that ridiculously oversized suit from the Juicy Fruit commercial. Oh, yeah. And that's all I see now. <laughs> Wow, and it's like I I just can't. I think I think Delon's gonna have to change it up. You have to do something to undo that image. He's gotta do something new in Dallas. Every time I look at Delon, he always looks like twelve to me. I don't know. He just looks perpetually young, even though he's like, I think older than me. But he just looks mad young for some reason. But yeah, happy for Patrick Patterson. Congratulations on the wedding. You know, congratulations to Toronto women undefeated. But uh, you know, it is it is what it is. Um. Uh, Next question from Hayden. Could you see the Raptors going after one of the 2020 restricted free agents by offering them a big contract uh, or big offer sheet? Jalen Brown, for example. 2020? So the Raptors have tons of cap room if they choose to. Yeah. They got like 80-something million dollars expiring at once. Mm -hmm. That's more than enough to offer somebody the max. But how do you feel about Jalen Brown? He's He's decent. He's yeah. fine. He's like what we hope OG will be. Right. So, you know, I don't know. Depends on how much you believe in OG. I don't think Jalen Brown's like a future star in the making. Uh, I don't necessarily see it. I think it's kind of the same issues with OG. I don't think Jalen – Jalen moves around much more fluidly than OG, but I don't think his handle's very good. And I'm not really sure if the shot is good enough. He really does need to develop a couple more things. Maybe he can get there. Maybe he can't. But at least right now, I don't like Jalen Brown that much as a player. Pretty good defender, though. Great size, really good athlete, but I don't know. He's still a little Jeff Greenish for me. Like I think he plays with more intensity than Jeff Green, but he does have a little a, a lot of similarities in terms of the inconsistency and stuff. So I don't know. Um, I probably wouldn't offer Jalen Brown uh, a max contract, just like I probably wouldn't offer Buddy Heald a max contract either. Who I think Buddy is like twenty seven years old now. Right after he basically was like, "Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm older than y'all thought I was." <laughs> I just checked. With my mom, and she's like, yeah, you're actually 27. So, I don't know. It's not a great class. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I'd i rather not spend that money for the sake of spending it. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't feel I, I don't feel great about any of those guys. Karis LeVert got his extension. That was surprising. So, it came in really low. But, but he's good for him, man. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. It's like 17 per. Yeah. Which nowadays is like. I think that's pretty fair. I, I guess. I guess he won't have as many touches with Kyrie and KD around. But yeah. that's a really nice trade chip. Like, I would try to trade for Karis LeVert, for example. Mm. Right? Provided yeah. that he's healthy. Because yeah. he would be nice. He would yeah. actually be really nice with, with the way the Raptors play. That's true. That is true. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really like any of the restricted free agents that much. Obviously, Pascal I love. And, you know, other guys have been locked up. Like, Ben Simmons is, you know, locked up. Jamal Murray's locked up. Karis LeVert's locked up. You know? Jamal, man, you're all locked up. You don't have to worry about a contract. You could have just played. You could have played, man. You could have played, but it's okay. You had an ankle injury. Maybe. Um, (laughs) Next one from Eric. What do you expect from Lowry next season? I think we talked about this a couple times, so let me just get your thoughts. Uh, Lowry next season, I 
expect him to be more of uh, well I, I expect to see the guy that we saw without Kawhi more often I don't think we'll see that for you know 70 plus games mm-hmm. but I think it's reasonable to think that uh, he can do that you know say maybe 40 50 games yeah and then then we see the Kyle that kind of defers for for another 25 30 um depending on how many games he plays next season. Because at the end of the day, you know, the one thing with Kyle is uh, he, he he is very aware of, you know, bonus situations and contract situations. Yep. Um, he stays on top. Yeah. You know, there was that. There was that 40, make a great th- account after this. Th- th- there was that 40-point game that he had in Minnesota, you know, when he was oh, trying yeah, to make yeah. that all-star push. Right, right. Um, there was him getting to, you know, what was it, 65 games? to get that bonus last season baby yeah and uh and then didn't didn't play after that uh what was it there was a game that he skipped after that and it was it was pretty hilarious i think he got to 65 and then he like skipped on a minnesota game or maybe he played the minnesota game and to get to 65 i'm not really sure right yeah in any case that that minnesota game was hilarious because i think chris boucher had like a ben or not a ben uzo but a solomon alibi moment yeah where he had like 13 points on like 19 rebounds yeah um, Shout out one time, Solomon Alibi. So yeah, I think Kyle Lowry is going to be very aware that it's a contract year for him. That um, there's potentially a significant two, three year deal to be had, and that he needs to show that he's capable of it. And let's face it, um, NBA champion is a pretty significant uh, title to add to your resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's got that clout as well. So. Um, yeah, I expect a very good season for Kyle. Um, and, you know, I think the hope that you carry into each season with Kyle is that he doesn't hurt himself too much. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what I've said about Kyle in this pod a couple of times. So I'm just going to skip ahead to another comment. Uh, someone wanted me to just slander Chris Middleton for 10 minutes. As it happened, but we, that already yeah, happened yeah, exactly. organically. I didn't even you know this special even- <laughs> It just happened, man. A full Bucks slander podcast. I mean, you know, when we play the Bucks eventually, we'll, we'll do it. Right now, it's kind of weird to just randomly fire shots at August, what, 27th today is 28th? Uh, today is 27th. 27th, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a little bit strange. Yeah. Well, there'll be a time and place for it. There'll By the way, we are in uh, peak summer content uh, What's going on? mode right now. You got breaking got a, news? Got a notification from The Athletic. Whoa. Uh, the Golden State Warriors uh-huh. are going to stick with 95.7 radio and what? not go back to KMBR. That's a notification that I what? legit just received from The Athletic. What kind of reporting is that? No, I'm good. Man. I'm, good. I'm shutting off that alert. That is, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, all right. What else? Alexis asks, the highlights of the travels of the Larry O'Brien trophy. We've actually done that podcast. Go back and listen to that. Uh, who took it? Oh, who took it where? And do Danny and Kawhi get a turn with it, even though they're gone? Um, I think Danny and Kawhi should get a turn with it. They were huge parts of the trophy. So Wasn't I, Danny like the first to take it? I think so. Yeah. He took it to right? New York for like the, the Puma thing. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Kawhi will get a turn with it, too. I don't know. What do you think Kawhi's going to do with the trophy once he gets it? I feel like... Take it to Wingstop? I feel like Kawhi would probably just, like, asked for, you know, one disposable camera shot, and he's like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> you, should, you should get Keyshawn. You should ask Keyshawn uh, specifically to take a photo. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll see Larry O'B next year. Yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm gonna get this back. Don't worry. Yeah, I'll just I'll just hold it for <laughs> me right now. Um, will Danny Green ever leave Toronto? I don't think so. Apparently, he was in Brampton with Russell Peters recently. He's gonna play one game next season for the Lakers in Toronto. <laughs> just in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Danny will be like, uh, wow, you guys are. You guys are about five hundred. Actually, no, he might, he, he, might, he might make the trip to New York too. <laughs> wow, yeah, you're right. Um, will Serge headline a campaign to save Rolson? Why, why you got to save Rolson? Is Rolson in trouble? This is a there, there was a news report that came out today that what? it's going to be replaced by thirteen <laughs> stories. What? <laughs> yeah. Replaced Damn, by what? My bad. Replaced by what? <laughs> you guys should have seen Will's face just oh as God. I was breaking the news. What the? Um, what? Yeah, let me get wow, the Wow, because exact... I was going to say, because I, I had... Wow, okay, this is legitimately shocking. Um, <laughs> holy crap. Uh, yeah, Ch- uh, Chinatown staple roll sign could be replaced by a 13-story building. Yo, what the... F- no, no. Yo, no, gentrification in Toronto has gone Plans too far, Plans have been man. submitted to the city and are currently under review for a 13-story mixed-use building designed by a Montgomery... Sisam? 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 The project spans two main buildings... And hopes to rezone the stretch of Spadina between Darcy and Baldwin. Wow. I mean, I mean, I mean if, if we're, okay, if we're gonna keep it real for a second, like gentrification was always coming from Chinatown. <laughs> it's in too valuable of a place for money to not necessarily to 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 be kept out. But like that is that would be a shame. That would be a shame. I I really really do love Chinatown. I really do. Ding love Ding Dong Pastries man. and Cafe also faces closure. Yeah, whatever. The uh, the other one that's I think. Uh, I don't know something Rama, the one that's like south of uh, Dundas is actually a little bit better, even though it's pricier. But I, I prefer that one. Swato, Swato. No, no, no. There's like a a pastries, other pastries. Swato. Oh. I've never actually been. People seem to really like it. I don't, I don't know. I've I've been told it, it's better. It's better than Rolson. Like so, in what people of, have told me is obviously dim sum. Yeah, Rolson is number one. I don't know why you would go to for the Rolson without food, dim sum for the actual food, like dishes wise uh-huh. that. Uh, you know, Swatow is better. Yeah. Wow. So we can't give you Cactus Club, but it gives you an image of what we're eating. We're, we're going to roll sign. I mean, yo, this is crazy. I, last week I was on the street because I was going to the LCBO in Chinatown. Kawhi cl- closed out Oracle and you're going to close out roll sign. No, man. Come on. Yo, Serge, sur- please. Serge. <laughs> yo, step in, man. Serge, please. And I was talking to because I, 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 one of the guys, I, I recognize him as one of the servers at, at roll sign. And I think he's actually in the video with Serge. But uh, I was just like, I walked up to him and I was like, I was should get him, him on the pot. Maybe I should. I don't know. But uh, he, I was like, hey, you know, like we might want to do like a video project here, you know, at some point, you know, like, you know, what's sort of like the shooting and like the, I don't know, do I need licenses and stuff like that. And like, he's like, oh, you know, so we, we chopped it up and talked it a little bit and just sort of about, about logistics. And I'm like, he, I was like, hey, um, you know, Surge. And he's like, yeah, of course. And I was like. How much does Surge come to Roll Sun? He's like, honestly, like probably twice a month. And I was like, yo, that's wild. He's going to Roll Sun more than I'm going to any Chinese restaurant ever. So, so anyway, Surge, please say Roll Sun. And wow, that is, that is really, really sad um, that that's happening to Chinatown. But I feel bad that Toronto, I have to man. break it to you live on the pod, man. Your this is devastating. Was, yeah. This is devastating. What's the point of asking? What's the point of my answering more questions? You know what I mean? But uh, anyway, um, I think. With how sad that last question was, I think we should just end the pod there because, you know, this is uh, what summer content is in terms of Raptors. It's just not that much else going on. Vivek, thanks for coming on to preview Canada basketball. We're getting ushered out of the room right now. Yeah, so, yep. uh, of course. As always, man. 
follow everything on Yahoo Sports Canada. Yep. And uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll have tons of coverage of Canada basketball. So keep it locked. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.